Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, there's a lot going on in Anchorage. The assembly chambers are packed, and we've got a wonderful episode. That's right. This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Thank you for joining with me. If you haven't already done so, my plea is very simple. Take a minute and give us a five-star review. And if you've got another minute, go ahead and give us a written review. We love hearing from our listeners. You guys have been overwhelmingly positive, and we do appreciate it. So if all you can do is give us a five-star review, we very much appreciate that. That helps us with our search engine optimization, with people finding our podcast, or even some of the topics we talk about. But if you want to give us a written review as well, we love hearing from our listeners. Well, like I said, we've got a power-packed edition today of the Midweek podcast. But before we begin, I want to let you know that Governor Mike Dunleavy is going to be hosting a re-election kickoff fundraiser. And it's going to be tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. And he wants to invite you guys. Listen, this if, if you want to see the continued change and policy that you're seeing in terms of from the governor's office, I would recommend you going to this. It's a great way to meet Governor Dunleavy. Uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting and talking with him numerous times. He is... Um, Listen, he's a dynamic guy, especially when you get to meet with him one-on-one. He really is great at listening and talking through some of the issues and answering your questions. This is going to be held at 3720 Balanca Way. All right, that's 3720 Balanca Way. And uh, I would suggest you throwing that in your Google Maps, heading on over there sometime between 6 and 8, and uh, hear what the governor has to say. Uh, I think a lot of times we get the raw end of what's really going on in our mainstream media, and that's why Must Read Alaska exists. But it's good to talk to the man directly, and I think it would be uh, a great show of support for everybody out there to go ahead and and stop by and say hello and, and just give the governor a couple minutes of your time. I'm sure he'd appreciate that and to be able to just connect with you and talk to you a little bit about the the concerns you have and the issues he's got with our state our economy and its future well let's talk about a couple different things right now i know what everybody's waiting for me to harp on and that's going to be what's going on in the assembly but before we do that let's talk about what's covid doing outside of just the assembly right now obviously the iditarod has come out and said all mushers volunteers staff contractors pilots and vets must be vaccinated for the 50th anniversary. Now, uh, we're seeing this trend across the country and specifically now in Alaska where we're starting to mandate vaccines to participate in a variety of different things. One of those being events, the other thing being uh, businesses. And as the uh, mandate from the Biden administration, which is to be rolled out federally, comes into play, you're going to see a lot more of this. But I thought it was interesting. We're coming up on the 50th anniversary, which is no small feat for the Iditarod. And uh, what are we welcoming in the 50th anniversary with? Well, mandated vaccines. Now, right now, as it stands, uh, they're not requiring requiring any attenders to be vaccinated. But you know, again, we're we're just a little bit early. But um, I just want everybody to know that is that is something that's big news. Again, it's the 50th anniversary. You know, there's going to be a lot of people there. A lot of people that have run the race in the past, a lot of people that have participated, whether it's volunteering or a paid staff of the event, 
But we're starting to see these rollouts, these mandated rollouts for participation in events and different things. I know that um, you know my wife and I were, were excited to go see the Foo Fighters, and uh, and man, did they just kind of change things up at the last minute about re- what was required to get in there? And so, unfortunately for us, we weren't able to do that. But you know, at the end of the day, I think what's really important is that is this going to be communicated well? Now, you look at the Iditarod, it's going to be in March of 2022, so you'd say, oh yeah, we've got plenty of time. But as we continue to roll on out and as uh, the federal government rolls out its mandates, the question is going to remain, you know, what's the communication piece going to be like? How is this going to affect you? You know, that's the question I have for you. If, you, if you're uh, listening to this on Facebook or maybe even YouTube, why don't you write down in the comments section, how is this already or how do you think it's going to affect you and your family and your life now or in the future, because this is just, again, the beginning of what's going to feel like a great divide in America, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And as we talked about last week, when I talked to you a little bit about what the uh, AO 2021-91 was going to be all about, this Anchorage mass mandate, the language in there is very dividing, and it's very clear it pits vaccinated against unvaccinated. And as we move down the road, I think you're going to start seeing more of that rhetoric, whether it's written into ordinances or law, or if it's going to be into businesses and nonprofits. So just something to look out. The other thing, looks like we've got another run-in between the Bronson administration and the municipal clerk, Bob Jones here. Uh, many of you know there is going to be a special election here October 26th, and that is the recall effort from Meg Zelotel. And I think one of the biggest things that I'm reading here, and this is very, very interesting, one of the biggest things I'm reading here is there is definitely a lack of cooperation between the clerk's office and the administration. I mean, one of the biggest things I'm seeing out of this story right now, and if you want to know more about it, you can go to Must Read Alaska. The title of it is Suppressing the Vote? Question mark. Anchorage Muni clerk Barb Jones threatened city manager with lawsuit over website election info box. Now, that's not an exaggeration. What happened was Amy Dabowski, city manager, asked the IT department, and again, I'm breaking this simply down into a very simple storyline here. Hey, why don't we have a box up on our website that talks about and provides more information on the special election in District 4? And they're like, I don't know. I'm assuming, hey, nobody's told us to do anything. So naturally, when you're trying to inform the community of particular elections, and keep in mind the the adjective in front of this one, it's a special election, why would you not want to inform the community about something that's going to affect them directly? Particularly in District 4, obviously, right? So this is a District 4 only special election. Many of them have received their ballots in the mail. Uh, Why would we not want to inform the people about some information, FAQs, what happens if you don't receive your ballot, what happens if you receive more than one, all of that. So I think like any good communicator, and I think, you know, Amy Dabowski was trying to be a a good communicator, let's get some information up on the website if people search the muni. Because I can tell you right now, there might be a a series of Must Read Read Alaska videos coming out by myself that shows just how confusing the communication is on the website. I mean, it is difficult to find things on there. It's difficult to see when the assembly is meeting for special sessions, what they're going to be talking about. It gets buried a lot. Communication and transparency seems to be a bit of an issue when it comes to the website. And I'm not sure why. Uh, Obviously, you know, with this AO 2021-91, the sweeping mass mandate, this was supposed to be something that was going to be done uh, 
you know, they did the bare minimum to inform the public. Let's just be honest with that. And because of Must Read Alaska and Suzanne Downing, we were able to get the word out. And what happens to probably be zero to nobody showing up for that special session, we had about, uh, there was about 50 people there. And so that was because of the reporting of, Sus- <coughs> excuse me, Suzanne Downing. But that is just a microcosm of a bigger issue, which is the fact that the website is not user-friendly as well as it could be. And also information is difficult. It's just difficult. So what did, uh, what did our city manager do? Made it on the, put it on the front page, just put a box and it says upcoming special election in district four mail-in ballots due October 26th. Click to learn more, which I think is fine. Well, our city clerk did not like that. A muni clerk, Bob Jones did not like that, did not like that at all. And so she, uh, is threatening a lawsuit against the administration based on the fact that, and I'm going to read it false. Jones's letter says she believes that the administration posting the information box and link without her permission constitutes an interference in elections. This is ironic, people, because right now we have a city, a municipality angry with the fact that the legislative body, the assembly, is essentially putting forth an ordinance that is a gross overreach of the legislative portion of the body into the, that's right, you got it, executive portion of this body. So the irony, again, I tell this all the time, it feels like politicians lack self-awareness. And because I live in this city, it feels like a lot of municipal officials lack self-awareness. So you've got this legislative body in the assembly who is putting forth an ordinance which essentially impedes and takes away the powers of the executive side while the same thing is being made about the city manager and the city clerk. Jones thinks that Dombowski is overstepping her bounds by doing this, which I think is interesting. Through a records request, I'm going to continue reading on. Must Read Alaska obtained memos that circulated in the administration on the topic in the letter that Clark, that Clerk Jones sent to Dabowski, in which she complained about the box. It all started on September 22nd when Dabowski wrote to the city's IT manager asking why there was no notification about an upcoming election. Quote, I was just noticing on the Muni page, homepage that is, that there is no reference to an upcoming special election, wrote Dombowski. I find this odd because I recall always seeing a prominent notice there on the homepage whenever there is an election. It's called precedent, people. Can you please work with your team to put a banner on the homepage to ensure the public can easily find election information? Thank you in advance for your help. It's greatly appreciated, Dombowski wrote. Well, I'm just going to talk for me here in a minute. That doesn't seem like an unreasonable request. Why would you not want... Your constituency, regardless of district, in this case is District 4, but regardless, why would you not want to let your constituency know exactly what's going on? Hmm. Now, if you keep in mind, uh, I, had a, I had a hand in this uh, with, a, at this point, maybe an infamous video, more than a famous video, of, of being down at the election department during the mayor race, where I did a two-and-a-half-minute video about some of the things that were going on that were caught on tape, And some of the questions, and listen, subsequent questionable practice that was happening at the time. Now, that that video caught wind more than I thought. And literally, before I got home, I had three or four people stopping me, asking me, hey, did I see you on Must Read Alaska? Uh, You did. And most of that was just reporting what Suzanne was reporting just on site. 
But the bottom line is this, is since the Donald Trump election, fairly or unfairly, there has been questions about election integrity. And that trickled over into the race here in Anchorage for the mayor. So naturally, people are always inquisitive, and that hasn't died down. If you've been watching the national news, there's been a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, investigation into different states' election process and how they, how they um, intake ballots, which ones are correct, wrong, additional duplicates, whatnot. So election process is still at the forefront of many Americans' minds. Not all, but many of them. And so now we have this. By September 24th, okay, McConnell was demanding that the box about the special election be removed. Now you're probably asking who McConnell is. Erica McConnell, deputy clerk, then wrote a note saying that I'm following up on my recent phone call with an email. CC to Director Dahl, who is IT, I believe. Am I saying that right? I believe so. I could be wrong. You can correct me. To reiterate our explanation that all changes to municipal websites, specifically relating to assembly branch matters, including elections, must be approved by the municipal clerk's office. The clerk had not approved notifying the public about the election and was asserting its control over the information. Now we get back to what I just read to you. September 24th, McConnell was demanding the box about the special election be removed and replaced with a box that simply said, elections. Would you please replace it? Now this is from McConnell. Would you please replace the yellow box at the top of the Muni homepage with the standard yellow box that says elections? That is part of a group of department issue boxes. Please let me know by when you can get this change made. Then, the depart- then came phone messages from Bob Jones, some other notes back and forth with the IT department, Dabowski, the webmaster, and finally a long informal letter to Dabowski. Now, I'm not going to read you this long, and when I say long, it is, it is quite long, email. But I do want you to, I would, again, I'd recommend going to mustreadalaska.com. It's under the title, Suppressing the Vote, question mark, Anchorage. Muni clerk Bob Jones threatened city manager with lawsuit over website election box. Now, you might be asking right now, is that box still up there? Yeah. That box, which says upcoming special election in District 4, mail-in ballots due October 26th, click to learn more, is still up there. It's still up there. So, we're hitting almost October 1st, and this letter was sent, I'm trying to look here, I would assume after September 24th, I'm looking to see if there's an end date, does not say. So anyways, this letter has been received and nothing has happened yet. So I'm not sure if this is sort of a game of chicken, but this is very interesting. Particularly, you know, what I find interesting about this is the Muni clerk, by her own words, felt overwhelmed with the election process for the Anchorage mayor um, election. And attribution, what she attributed that to, if I should say, is the fact that she had so much outside pressure. And that was sort of the narrative from the left for a long time. So what ended up happening is most of, after that video went up, after Suzanne reported, I did that video, what ended up happening, people, if you remember this, I remember very clearly, is all of a sudden the narrative shifted from, uh, you know, we're just trying to do our best. We want people in there uh, to, hey, 
Bronson's team's bullying. Hey, the the right must read Alaska this. There's too much press on the clerk. They're doing a fantastic job. All of this stuff. It, it started becoming sort of we're pumping up the tires of the clerk's office. When in reality, accountability should not be met with, hey, they're doing great. Just being accountable is part of the job. You're an elections official. You're running the elections for the municipality. Accountability should be the number one thing. 1A and 1B, to be honest with you, this is that T word, transparency, which we find so difficult to do nowadays. It's amazing to me with a city that runs on mail-in ballots, why would we not want those two things to be at the forefront of our election process? Why? Why should anybody care if they're being held accountable and asked to be transparent? I can understand people can push it too far. I've seen it. But let's just be honest. There's no big deal in asking for transparency and accountability. And if there is, then there's something wrong. There is something wrong there. Do people take it overboard? Absolutely. There could be people that take it overboard. But reporting strange occurrences, side doors into election offices open, people working after ballot watchers are being sent home, those things all create mistrust in a, I call it the, it's the epitome of what we're talking about. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. In other words, what I don't know if the kids call it this, but the skeptical hippo eyes. We want to have election integrity. We want to believe in our democratic process. And I don't understand why putting up a banner on the main page of the Anchorage Municipality website that says, hey, we do have a special election. Keep in mind the key adjective is special because we normally don't have these, but now we're having these recall elections that don't have anything else varied with them. If you're having information, if you want to know if you live in District 4, I mean, we always think that voters know where they live and what district. That's not true. Accessibility, transparency, and accountability should not be a problem here. This is what's ironic about this. The same party that's saying, hey, we don't need to have all this transparency and accountability in there, or at least they're saying it by their actions, or the same people that say, hey, we don't have accessibility for people that want to be voting down in the lower 48. This is the voter ID thing. This is what drives me nuts. You, on one hand, want to say voter ID is racist and that nobody should have to have a voter ID, but at the same time, you want vaccination cards. The same time you want voter IDs to be banned, you don't want to be transparent and let people know what's coming up in their district. Why? Why? Because it's politics. Because we don't want the other team to have a win. Because at the end of the day, we're tribal. That's what it is. Come on, let's be honest. Guarantee you the Berkowitz administration did this. You're not hearing a peep about it. Nobody's caring. As a matter of fact, Abowski actually said that there has been precedent to this, which I don't just, dis- I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I wouldn't disagree with her. I guarantee you there's been precedent for this. Again, it's tribal. Let's just be honest. It's us versus them now. And that's where America's heading. That's why you have such a great divide. That's why I have a splitting headache every time I read something nowadays, because there's no nuance anymore. It's either you're right or you're wrong. And that's what the political game has come down to. It's unfortunate because you know where we're most of America resides in the gray. They do. 
They reside in the gray. You know it. I know it. There's layers to things. There's depths to things. There's nuance. But that word, that word just cringes politicians. And not all of them. As a matter of fact, I actually disagree with that. I think it cringes strategists. Because they want to narrow everything down to one thing. Which I understand. I do understand. You can't, listen, you can't sit there and lecture the public an hour every time something comes out. I mean, to be honest with you, I had a conversation. This is what happened to ballot measure two. What ended up happening is those in favor of it narrowed it down to dark money. The irony of it is, is that the majority of their funding came out of dark money. It did. That's the irony of it. And now our entire election process has been screwed over because the people that were pushing this ballot measure lied to you that saying that this was really about dark money when the fact is it was really about changing a coordinated effort across the nation to change states that had a lower population so that they could, and I say they, I mean the left, could have an easier road to winning. And that's what it is. There's no reason a jungle primary... There's no reason a jungle primary, a quote, dark money, and you all know the election type that's coming up now. There's no reason those three things should have been on a bill, but it was allowed to to pass the Supreme Court. It was allowed to pass into a ridiculously surmised, not... Listen, you got we got duped. We got duped. And I and I and you know what? I think the people that voted for it thought they were doing the right thing because it sounds good when you put all your marketing into dark money because nobody wants their state influenced by people outside of it. But the problem was that ballot measure 2 was influenced mostly by out of state money. And that sucks. All right. I spent a lot of time, more time than I should have on that. But when your brain goes and you're kind of just talking off the cuff, that's what happens. Some of you love that. Others of you, I know who you are because you write those comments, and I do appreciate them. Not so much. But those are facts. I mean, that's what happened. That's really what happened. Ranked choice voting, jungle primary, and, quote, dark money reform should not have been on one ballot measure. Those are three separate issues that somehow got squeaked through the Alaska Supreme Court and onto a ballot where the only thing that was truly pitched and marketed was, hey, save Alaska from dark money. Does that include the initiatives behind them? Anyways, I got to move on. I'm going to get myself in trouble. And I'm sure people that voted for ballot measure two wanted all the three of those reforms. I'm just saying the people that didn't have time to read through the 15 pages, and only relied on that succinct little box that tells you what the ballot measure stands for. I mean, if you're not understanding the, the, the true effect of a jungle primary or ranked choice voting on your election system, I mean, it just changes it. It's not one vote means one vote. It means one vote could mean one vote unless a candidate didn't get a specific percentage. And then if you didn't rank another person too, then your vote doesn't even matter anymore. And I'm sure we're going to have to talk a lot about this because it's coming, people. All right, let's talk about Tuesday and Wednesday night. Man, there is a lot going on. I Tuesday night, let's just surmise it real quick. Tuesday night was this. It was a gross attempt by the majority of the assembly to push 
any conversation about AO 2021-91, the sweeping mass mandate, to the very end and try to cut people off. And cut people off, they did. And the hope was, and I know what the hope was, the hope was it would disenfranchise those who came because they stayed till midnight that, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. But I think you probably poked the bear more than you made it go back to sleep. Because the reality is this, they came out in droves yesterday. Did they come out in droves yesterday? It was amazing to watch the amount of participation. Now, testimony content varies considerably. Obviously, you have people there who know uh, exactly what they want to say, how to say it, and all that. Um, They've thought out their speech. And then you have other people up there who are just frustrated and wanting to uh, get something off their chest or just you know, are not happy with the process right now, which I could totally understand. And so what you had on Tuesday was a lot of business, a lot of grandstanding by the assembly, talking about very minute things that should be easy business that they took 15, 20 minutes on. You also had uh, the chairman, Susan LaFrance, deciding to uh, play the role of disgruntled preschool teacher and say that if those who got out of line continued, we'd take a five-minute timeout, which was adorable. That was fun to watch. Not obnoxious at all. Some have contended that's still better than her predecessor, but whatever. I mean, we're all entitled to our opinions. But really what ended up happening was the action happened on Wednesday night because the assembly desperately wants to vote on this because they're going to pass it. Surprise alert. I'm sorry. I should have said that. Spoiler alert. The assembly is going to pass it. Now, not all of them are going to vote yes, but they're going to pass it. And let me tell you the game plan here after I'm done surmising what happened. Wednesday night was where the real theater took place because there's no other business other than the business of AO 2021-91. And so you had the public come out in droves. And this is going to feel a lot like the summer of 2020 when AO 2020-66, I believe, was coming out. And that was... The idea of purchasing those buildings using CARES Act funds. We forgot about those, didn't we, people? Those loving CARES Act funds that went to what? It's still in holding. You know, the population like us who probably could use some of that help. Yeah, those are still in holding. Because we've designated them to buy real estate. Because now the municipality is in the business of just being real estate agents too. Because that goes well. But this has that feel where they went five days of testimony for AO. 2020 I think it was 66. And I think this has got a similar feel. They went Tuesday, they went Wednesday, they're going tonight, and I guarantee you people are going to continue to come out because as they watch how the assembly is are treating the public, the constituents, the people who put them in that seat, how they are being treated, I think you're listen, there is some serious momentum moving here. I can see it. I've talked to people about it. Those who have been there, been able to converse with. There is momentum there. There is a real fear, a real fear that what's going on in, say, like Australia or now in California, particularly San Francisco or New York City, where there's, you can't be anywhere. It's just forced uh, vaccination in those cities. Forced. Alaskans are libertarian, probably. They have a very deep and wide libertarian streak, even in their conservatism or their republicanism. But when you start, quote, treading on that, 
they're they're gonna come out. You can poke the bear for so long and it'll stay asleep. You poke it one too many times where it's starting to hurt, it's gonna come awake. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. I'm curious over the next two days what the outpouring is gonna be there. Because if you continue to have packed houses with overflow in the theater and people waiting outside, you pass this with an election coming next, early next year, <laughs> people are going to, you're going to wear that. All those up for election are going to wear that. They're going to wear it. So again, my, my suggestion is if you can't be there, at least watch it on YouTube. You can type in Anchorage Assembly meetings. It should pop it up. And they, and they I mean, hey, me and my wife on Tuesday used it as a date night. It was adorable. We had a grand old time. That's that's a wife who loves her husband and will just watch whatever he's going to watch so that he can report on it. But here's the deal. I would suggest you watching it because it is powerful stuff right now. Now, like I said, testimony varies. In this particular clay, we have, we have a video up on Must Read Alaska. Paul Kendall, who was one of the testifiers, I believe, yesterday, had quite a thing to say to Christopher Constant. And again, this is... I'm not condoning the words you use by any means, not at all. But what I am to, I want you to not look at the words because I, I, would, I would never go this way. This is not the way I would personally do things. But I want to tell you this the man is angry. He feels unheard. He feels trampled on. He, feel like, he feels like he has no voice. And, and here's the thing when they're in there testifying in person, you could tell that they don't care. When I say they, I mean the assembly. They're on their phones, they're on their computers, most of them, not all of them, and they're not even paying attention. And so you have this guy come up and use some very choice language to a very specific assembly member who has been very vocal and used very choice language on social media, the gift that keeps on giving Mr. Constant. And we're shocked that this man would do that. No, this is, this is again, I would not use that language. I don't condone that language. But let's take a look at it from a purely sociological, psychological perspective. This is what happens when the population feels like they're not heard. They're being, the rights are being violated. This is what happens. This is what happens. You get people who are so angry that they're willing to do things maybe out of character to get their point across because other than that, nobody's paying attention. It wouldn't surprise me if Mr. Kendall did this for shock value just to get people to listen. I mean, for crying out loud. It goes back to what I said before. It seems like public officials have zero self-awareness. And that's got to change. If you can't understand why the public is angry, then I, I don't know. I, we should The public needs to really think about this election process and who they're going to vote for. They really do. So before I wrap up, here's, what I, here's my prediction moving forward, okay? I've, I've about a minute over already, but I'm going to tell you my prediction. Here's what's going to happen. The assembly's going to hear X amount of days of testimony. I mean, I don't know how long. And by the end of that testimony, they're going to vote. And they're going to do it as quickly as they can. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to pass. Nothing that the public has said is going to change that. And even more so now that the Providence CEO has come out and said he would support a mass mandate. That's the only thing they were looking for. They were looking for that. The assembly was looking for some hospital to come out and say that they would support this. So what's going to happen? 
They're going to pass it. And then what's going to happen? Well, I think, I don't have any insider information, but I would assume the Bronson administration is going to veto that ordinance. Now what happens? It kicks back to the assembly. So what happens there? The assembly needs a supermajority to override the veto. Okay? The assembly is going to need a supermajority to override the veto. And that is where the true fight in the trenches is going to begin. It really is. Because there's going to be some members that are going to be coerced one way or another as to what are they going to vote. That's what's going to happen. And so members like, trying to think of reasonable members, I think you're going to have Crystal Kennedy voting against it. I think you're going to have Jamie Allard voting against it. But then comes into, what's John Whittleton going to do? What's he going to do? Maybe even, uh, who else can we throw on that possible waiver? I don't know. But there's going to be some talk. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to help at all. I'm not saying anything is going to happen. I'm not going to say none of that. But to pass, the assembly needs eight yes votes. They need eight. And I think what this is going to come down to is John Weddleton. And I don't know if John listens to this, but I'm going to tell you what, John. I think there's a lot riding on your vote. And that's what it's going to boil down to. John Weddleton is going to be at the epicenter of a pass or fail attempt at a gross overreach of this assembly's legislative power into the executive branch power. So here's my suggestion, listeners. I would write directly directly to John Weddleton because he's the linchpin. He is the linchpin. I would write to him. I would say, John, how you doing? Listen, I may or may not live in your district. You may or may not know me. But I want to tell you something. We need you to vote no. But that still may not be enough. Because remember, there's eight. And right now you have Susan LaFrance. You have Christopher Constant, Felix Rivera, Pete Peterson, co-sponsor. You got Austin Quinn Davidson, Forrest Dunbar. It's already seven there. Meg Zelotel, who is the sponsor of the thing. And then, of course, I don't know if this is even a possibility, but Carmen Perez-Verdia. And the reality is it's probably going to pass. And they are going to override the veto. And then the lawsuits begin. But who knows? Maybe, maybe somebody on that, that assembly who generally doesn't listen to the, the public very much is swayed by the fact that so many have come out. I don't know how many days this public testimony is going to go. 
But I just hope and I pray that something changes. All right, guys. Hey, if you have not had the opportunity, please, if you love what we do, if you love the content we provide, please go to mustreadalaska.com and up the top right, you can go ahead and uh, click the donation button. Anything is great. $5, $100, whatever you feel like. It just really helps us. We are a uh, donor-run listeners, readers, supporters like you help make this run. That is why and how we continue. Uh, If you haven't followed us on Facebook or YouTube, MeWe, uh, Parler, um, I'm trying to think of it, Rumble, all that, you can find us all under the same username, which is at symbol must read Alaska, all one word. Well, I just want to thank everybody again. It is, listen, this is not all doom and gloom, but this is important. This stuff is what changes cities. It changes people. It, it, it can, listen, it can demolish the city. People can move out. I mean, trust me. It's anecdotal, I know, but I've talked to a lot of people who are like, listen, I'm out of Anchorage. I'm done. So what ends up happening? The people that stay bear the brunt of a lot of this, and I hope that's not the case. So once again, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, take care.